0: Good morning, it is Kale & Company live on WKXL and NHtalkradio.com. As always, we are delighted to have you along with us. This is the penultimate show of Kale & Company for 2022, with many more ahead in 22, uh, 2023, I should say, and uh, beyond, let's hope. And uh, we are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at anydelta.com or deltadentalcoversme.com. And uh, tomorrow, our final show of 2022 uh, will be the Friday Fun Bunch. So we're going to have our own little Uh, New Year's Eve party. Since we can't be here on New Year's Eve, uh, we'll make the best of it tomorrow uh, between 8 and 9 right here on WKXL and uh, NHtalkradio.com. And uh, also, uh, we'd like to inform our WKXL listeners that our 1039 FM signal will be temporarily shutting down shortly. Uh, In order to do repairs to our transmitter that was uh, damaged during uh, this past weekend's uh, major windstorm, uh, you can find uh, WKXL, of course, online at uh, nhchalkradio.com or at 1450 AM and also our big booming signal at uh, 1019 on the FM dial. Coming up today at 835 on this edition of Cale Company, an interesting guest from uh, North Carolina, originally from New York but living now in North Carolina. Her name is Arlene Dwayne Hemingway, just like Ernest, but uh, no relation. Now, she has written a book called A Twist of Lemon, and I'll have to ask her why she calls it A Twist of Lemon, uh, because what it is is a book of 100 Short stories. And how short are these stories? Each one of them is exactly 100 words long. Correct. 100 words long. On the nose. No, you know, 97-word stories. No 110-word stories. No 100 words. That's it. Right on the nose. You try doing it, really. I bet you could write one. I bet, I bet many of uh, our audience could write a 100-word story before Arlene, Dwayne, Hemingway appears on our show this morning. 100 words, right on the nose. You might have to do a little editing here and there, but uh, you know, try it. It's a good, uh, good mental exercise, and there uh, will be. Uh, Checking in with Arlene at about 8.35 this morning here on uh, WKXL. Here is big news. News you might not hear elsewhere. But get this. The president of the parent company that owns Ames. Remember Ames department stores? They were all over the place. Well, the parent company is Cross Moline Ventures. And they have stated that there would uh, definitely be a new, get this, a new Ames location in Rhode Island, as well as six other locations, which will include Connecticut, New York, and Pennsylvania. It does not have New Hampshire on the list. Uh, Naturally, the first Ames department store will open in Connecticut, where it was founded with a series of other locations throughout 2023. Uh, Rhode Island apparently will have to wait until 2024 for an Ames to open. But how about that, sports fans? Ames, Ames is coming back to life. Could Zares be far behind? You know, Zares used to have that uh, great jingle, you know, before you go back to school, go to Zaire. You can learn the ABCs of saving there. I'm not going to sing it for you. We only have one singer on that sh- in this show and that's uh, that's Cat, our producer, and she's not old enough to remember the uh, the Zaire's jingle. But it, you know, I was talking with someone the other day about jingles and there are very few advertising jingles or even slogans these days. You know, I I think of many from, you know, years gone by, like, you know, Schaefer, the one beer to have when you're having more than one. Uh, Schlitz, the beer that made Milwaukee famous. A Winston tastes good like a cigarette should. But you don't hear that much anymore. Creativity has gone. You see a lot of stupid commercials these days. Really. Uh, You know, sometimes... I get to the end of a commercial, and I don't even know what it's for, really. And I'm still singing the Schaefer beer commercial from 60 years ago. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's amazing. And the lack of creativity is appalling with advertising these days. Uh, you know, and, and advertising is so expensive on, on network television, And I see so many times when I I think clients are just blowing their money. They don't get the the advertising across as far as I'm concerned. And I I bet some of you feel the same way I do. I could watch a 30-second commercial and, and maybe not even know what it's for. I don't think that's very good advertising. At any rate, I digress. A Dominican court has convicted 10 people connected to the 2019 attempted murder of legendary Red Sox slugger David Ortiz. Authorities confirmed that on Tuesday. A man ambushed the Baseball Hall of Famer and shot him in the back while Ortiz was at a bar with friends in Santo Domingo in the Dominican Republic. Two men, including the alleged shooter, Rolfi Ferreras Cruz, were each sentenced to 30 years behind bars in prison by a Santo Domingo's first collegiate court. Victor Hugo Gomez Vasquez, the alleged mastermind behind the attack, along with two other defendants, were acquitted due to the lack of sufficient evidence. Eight others received prison sentences of between five and 20 years. And it goes on to mention the names of the people who were sentenced, uh, including Alberto Miguel Rodriguez Mota, 28. He was sentenced to 20 years behind bars. Rodrigo Mota, or uh, Rodriguez Mota, is the person who paid those who carried out the act against Ortiz, according to the De- uh, Dominican Republic's Office of Attorney General. Oliver Moises Mirabel, 28, and Eduardo Ciprian Lebron, 24, each received 10 year sentences. Gabriel Alexander Perez Vizcaeno, 31, and Joel Rodriguez de la Cruz, 28, were sentenced to nine years and six years, respectively. Franklin Jr. Maran, 26, Jr. Cesar, La Jose Vargas, 28, and Porfrio Allende Deschamps-Vazquez, 29, It's not funny, I'm just laughing at myself saying these names, received five-year sentences. The convictions included charges of attempted murder conspiring to use and using illegal firearms and associating with criminals. Ortiz retained the services of U.S.-based private investigators who ultimately determined the former baseball star uh, was targeted by a Dominican drug trafficker whose motive stemmed from jealousy. Former Boston Police Commissioner Edward Davis's findings were notably different from law enforcement in the Dominican Republic's theory. Dominican authorities believed a hitman was actually hired to shoot Ortiz's cousin Cisto David Fernandez-Ortiz, and Fernandez were, uh, Ortiz and Fernandez were sharing a table at the time of uh, the shooting of Ortiz, but some believed they were trying to shoot the other guy and mistakenly shot uh, David Ortiz. Dominican law enforcement also previously noted that the hitman confused Fernandez with Ortiz although the three-time World Series champion is one of the country's most beloved and most recognizable figures. At the time of the shooting, uh, Ortiz was spending part of the year living in his native Dominican Republic. Shooting, of course, uh, left Ortiz seriously injured. Doctors removed his gallbladder and part of an intestine. And he later returned to the U.S. where he underwent additional surgeries. Uh, the ten men convicted... They're also required to pay a fee for damages caused, according to the Attorney General's office. But we all know that Big Poppy is alive and well, doing great work on uh, Fox Sports during the baseball season, and uh, doing more commercials than even Tom Brady. We'll take a break. We're going to recap the local sports scene coming up. Lots of action going on during the Christmas break and we will be right back it is kale and company live right here wkxl nh talk radio we are powered by northeast delta dental back after these words kale and company live here on wkxl 1450 am 1039 fm in the capital region 1019 FM in Manchester and beyond, and streaming around the world and around the clock at nhtalkradio.com. In local sports, the uh, Concord High Crimson Tide advanced to the final round of the Brian C. Stone Memorial Christmas Hockey Tournament at the JFK Coliseum in Manchester on Wednesday. The Tide defeated Trinity 5-4. Very exciting game. A.J. Dow scored with 37 seconds left in regulation for the Crimson Tide. And uh, A.J. also opened the scoring for Concord. Uh, Brooks Craig, who had four, count them, four first-period goals on Tuesday in the Tide's 6-2 victory over Exeter, had a goal and an assist yesterday. And Dawson Fancher had a goal and an assist. And a Joey Tarbell had a goal and an assist for the Tide. And this afternoon, Concord will take on Exeter at 5 o'clock in the championship game of the Brian C. Stone Memorial Christmas Tournament at Manchester's JFK Coliseum. Again, face-off time, 5 o'clock uh, this afternoon. Exeter down to Bedford last night by a score of 3-2. to So Concord and Exeter. We'll meet this evening or this afternoon at 5 p.m. at Manchester's JFK Coliseum. You can uh, uh, be at that game this afternoon. Good seats available. Or you can check it out. You can check out all the uh, Concord High School uh, hockey games, boys hockey games, on uh, their Facebook page. Uh, Elsewhere in the uh, Manchester tournament, uh, yesterday, the Bow Falcons defeated Goffstown six to one. Bow and the uh, Manchester team. Uh, both finished at two and one in the tournament. It's a combined uh, combined Manchester team of uh, Memorial Central and West and uh, both Bow and uh, Manchester finished two and one in the tournament. Owen Weber had a goal and the three assists for the Bow Falcons. Billy Smithhurst had a goal and an assist. Aiden Lebreck. Dom Jerkins, Brody O'Neill, and Julian a Lurch, Lurch, like the character on the uh, Adams Family, also had uh, goals for Bow in uh, in that game. So a victory for the uh, Bow Falcons in that uh, matchup last night. Uh, boys basketball Capital Classic going on. Conquered down Bishop Brady, forty nine to twenty seven, and it was Hopkinton over Merrimack Valley. 51 to 47 Concord and Hopkinton will meet for the title today at 5. That's at Bishop Brady High School. In the girls capital classic John Stark over Bishop Brady 55 to 39 Concord down Pembroke Academy 58 to 32 Bow defeated Memorial 51 to 32. So, John Stark is going to be taking on Merrimack Valley tonight at Bishop Brady High School at 6.30 for the championship of the Girls' Capital Classic. So there you have it for our local sports update. We'll try to uh, get local sports on here as much as we possibly can and talk some uh, local sports uh, as well with some of the uh, movers and shakers uh, in the uh, local sports world. We had uh, Duncan Walsh, the 33-year uh, veteran coach of the Concord High, Crimson Tide, on with us uh, last week. And uh, Dunk uh, and his uh, Crimson Tide will be in action tonight at 5 for the championship of the uh, Brian Seastone Tournament, taking on Exeter. And they beat Exeter earlier uh, in the tournament, 6-2. Uh, to two. As I mentioned, uh, Brooks Craig of the Tide had 4-4. Four, four. First-period goals in that game for the Tide. A natural hat-trick plus one for Brooks Craig. So what about the Red Sox, you ask? What about the Red Sox? Well, they have been rather silent in the offseason. Not only silent, but they've lost some pretty good talent, too. Uh, in Rafi Devers, who is now a San Diego Padre, Nathan Avaldi, he signed a deal with the Texas Rangers very close to uh, where he grew up. And Rich Hill, the veteran left-hander, will add another team to his resume as Rich Hill is now a member of the Pittsburgh Pirates. And uh, Rich Hill uh, pitched pretty well last year for the Red Sox. He's uh, 42 years old, but He still managed to go out there, and, for the most part, to do his job, throw five to six innings. He worked very quickly, too. He will not have any difficulty whatsoever adapting to Major League Baseball's pitch clock when they indoctrinate it in the 2023 Major League Baseball season because he works very quickly and keeps the infielders and the outfielders on their toes. So, Rich Hill is gone, but yesterday the Red Sox did add an arm to their rotation by picking up veteran right-hander Corey Kluber, who last pitched for Tampa Bay in 2022, where he was uh, 10 and 10. Corey Kluber has won two American, uh, two win Cy Young Awards in the American League. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, I saw him pitch a couple of times last year for Tampa Bay, and uh, he was okay. I mean, he's not the Corey Kluber of, you know, six or seven years ago. But uh, he is a 36 right-hander, and he signed a one-year deal. The Red Sox have an option for a second year. And uh, I did see an article today in the uh, Concord Monitor by Jason Mastro Donato. Jason Mastro Donato of the uh, Boston Herald. The headline is trade Chris sale now. I'll read you a little of it. with less than two months before pitchers and catchers report to JetBlue Park, the Red Sox have a roster that still has giant holes and lacks a clear path forward in a talented American league East right now. This is not part of his article, but I will give you my opinion. Right now, I think the Red Sox probably have the worst lineup, the worst starting lineup as far as offense is concerned in the American League East. Because those teams in the American League East can bash and rake, as they say these days, do damage the Yankees the Blue Jays, Tampa Bay Rays, Baltimore Orioles. I say the Orioles have a better lineup right now than the Red Sox. I mean, think about who they lost just recently. Xander Bogarts, who was one of the top hitters in the American League last year. J.D. Martinez, uh, they, you know, he's gone too. He's uh, with the Dodgers now. I mean, uh, he's on the back nine of his career, but but still, you know, a a decent bat in the middle of the Red Sox lineup. He's gone. And in the previous season, they you know, they failed to sign Kyle Schwarber, who only hit about 46 home runs last year for the Phillies, and Hunter Renfro, who had a great one-season tenure with the Red Sox. I say great. Better than expected, anyway. The Red Sox have really done some serious damage to their starting lineup, and they need they need some help offensively. Uh, the Red Sox, uh, the top free agents, are off the board right now. Unless the Red Sox make a stunning trade in which uh, they finally part with their much coveted prospects to add an impact big leaguer, they'll once again find themselves in the uncomfortable position of being picked to finish in last place. And there is no way with the resources of Fenway Sports and the John Henry ownership group that the Red Sox should ever finish in last place. I think Henry and company are paying far too much attention to their other enterprises, which include ownership of the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, ownership of the Liverpool soccer team. Ownership of Roush, Fenway, Keslowski Motorsports. They're putting resources into those endeavors more than they are the Boston Red Sox. Now, I'm not saying they, they shouldn't put money into those endeavors. But at least give the Red Sox an equal share of the pie, which it doesn't appear that they're doing at this point. All right. Enough about that. We will take a break. And then we'll come back and talk about something that they call Drabbles. Drabbles. D-R-A-B-B-L-E. We'll find out what a Drabble is after we take these, uh, messages and uh, come back, here. the weather forecast as well. More Kale & Company Live continues right here on WKXL and NHtalkradio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Welcome back. Kale & Company Live. Great to have you with us on the penultimate show of 2022 looking forward to 2023 our guest on this portion of uh, kale and company on wkxl is arlene duane hemingway a very accomplished and intriguing lady arlene we welcome you to the show great to have you with us
1: Thank you so much. I'm here, ready to go on this
0: beautiful day. Oh, boy, you, you sound uh, alive, alert, and, uh, and uh, ready, ready, really ready to go, raring to go. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> let me just, uh, for our audience, let me list uh, just a few of your uh, credentials. You earned a Master's of Science degree from the Juilliard School of Music with a major in organ. Uh, you, you taught in the uh, Long Island School System. Uh, performed with the Mormon Tabernacle, Tabernacle Choir at Radio City Music Hall. Uh, you then retired from music to concentrate on healing arts. And uh, you are a certified hypnotherapist, uh, Reiki master, and uh, you hold other certifications as well. I want to ask you, uh, Arlene, how did you transition from uh, music uh, to the healing arts?
1: Well, while I was working, there were certain prompts that were given to me because there were concerns that I had because of my work schedule. My work day started at 4.15 in the morning and didn't end until about 10 o'clock at night. And there were certain problems that accrued because I worked seven days a week. And I discovered that writing and the healing arts were some of the things that just kind of came up on my plate. They were just there in front of me. And I don't believe in a sense that there are any accidents. And I started touching people inadvertently and they'd say, oh, how did you know? And I'd say to myself, how did I know what? So these are things that were just within me that were ready to come out. And healing is also what music does. So it's in alignment with yep. with what the arts do. So it's really not far afield if you think about it. It's just another path. You take the train, you take the bus, you take the plane, you walk, you ski to your destination, but you're still going in that direction.
0: Well, absolutely. There is a, a, a certainly a direct tie between music and, and the healing arts. No, no doubt about that. So then you, you attended a, a writer's group in uh, Farmingdale, New York. I know you're from New York uh, originally, uh, living now in North Carolina. And you discovered... Drabble. What what is a what's a drabble?
1: Well, a drabble is something with a very funny word, but it's a superhero in a cape that's waiting to come out. Even though it was formulated around 1980s by the Monty Python consortium, it was a it's a 100-word story first of all. It's in the microfiction genre, and it is an exact Form. It's not poetry. It doesn't have any meter to it. It's a complete story from beginning to end. So it's got a an opening, a middle, and a conclusion. So it's something that is very powerful. It allows the creator to express an opinion, but get directly to the source of the concern that he's trying to express. No repetition involved because in a 100-word story, that would alienate a reader. It uses very simple language. It's something that you can relax with at bedtime when you want to read something that's good literature, but you don't want to read that novel that's going to keep you up past your bedtime, and you'll say, oh, I shouldn't have done that. It increases your desire to read. It returns you to a sense of control because the stories often – give you insight as to personal concerns that readers have. And I've been told that so often. Wow, I I saw that, and then I recognized that there's another answer to my problem or my friend's problem. And because it's in fiction, you can get a lot of truth over in fiction where people say, well, I don't want to do that. You know, that's something that's real. But in fiction, you go, oh, my goodness, I know exactly what she's talking about. Yeah. So, you know, if you make changes in people's lives and bring out the creativity in everybody, it's a form that is something that I have taught adults, and they are delighted with the process, and it's something I'm in the process of trying to get a program together to teach children now how to do that.
0: You know, that, yeah. that is really something, and I, uh, at the start of the show today, I, I challenged our listeners to try and write a, a precisely 100-word story. I don't know how many are, are taking advantage of that opportunity, but I, I would imagine there are a few out there trying to write a 100-word story, which is not easy. It's not easy, especially you when know, it would have to be exactly 100 words, yeah. so... Uh, you know, as a result, you have written a book called A Twist of Lemon, and yeah. it's 100 curious stories in exactly 100 words. 100 stories, 100 words a piece. Why is it called a Twist of Lemon?
1: Well, this is something that just came up into my psyche many years ago when I started at the school when I was taking lessons at the course. I should say at the library. I used to write down possible titles for stories. Anytime something came up in my mind, I put it in my computer. So I had a listing of possible title names. And this is one thing that stuck with me. And for some reason, I just knew that when a good friend of mine said, so when is your book coming out? I said, what book? Because I had no idea I was writing one. I used to read her every story I ever wrote. The word, the title came up to me immediately. My stories do have twists at the end, primarily, or ah. somewhere in the story. So it starts up one way, and even in 100 words, you may not expect the conclusion.
0: <laughs> expect the unexpected in a drabble.
1: <laughs> it, right.
0: Now,
1: you, you don't have to have a twist, but mine happened to have a twist yeah so I'm just wondering if you'd like to hear one just as well, a matter of. I,
0: I would I would like to hear more than one actually, but I'll, I'll tell you what, we're coming up to a break shortly. So uh, okay. why, why don't we do did you are you prepared to do one right now? Sure. All I right, well well speaker. let's let's hear a drabble here. It's, it'll be our okay. first drabble <laughs> ever. Yeah I, 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 I send out a lot of drivel on on the radio but but no drabble. But here, okay. so here we go with uh, Arlene, Dwayne Hemingway, and uh, a drabble here on WKXL. Go ahead.
1: All right, this is called Google Dada, and I'm sure many grandparents are in this position. Since becoming a grandma, Virginia quickly realized she was expected to babysit weekend evenings for her son and daughter-in-law, usually without courtesy of advance notice. Tired of being taken advantage of, Virginia explained to her son that occasionally babysitting was fine, but a reliable long-term plan was needed. Her admonishments fell on deaf ears. The following Saturday evening, Virginia answered the door wearing a red satin robe and high heels. Her hair was disheveled and except for smeared lipstick, her makeup perfect. Before closing the door, after taking a sip of wine, Virginia purred to the startled couple, quote, not tonight, unquote.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> that is terrific. And uh, that's just a sample of uh, one of the 100 uh, drabbles that are available in a twist of lemon. 100 Curious Stories in Exactly 100 Words, and uh, all written by Arlene Dwayne Hemingway. How long did it take you to write 100 of them?
1: Well, I started accumulating them from the time that I started the course and was introduced to the forum. So when my friend said, when are you writing a book, again, which I had not planned to write, I had several So I just had to write a few more to complete a book. And then it was a process of getting an editor and someone to publish it. Uh, But it took a while. But I love doing it so much. It is just a passion of mine. And no matter how long it takes to write one, once I get an idea in my head, I don't start any other project until that particular one is completed.
0: You know, I can see where it could become addictive, You know, and and I I think you're addicted to drabble.
1: Well, uh, it's my mission. (laughs) I believe. I I think I'm here to promote the form, and it's trying so hard because the novel and the poem and all other forms of writing have been there before and have been so established. But I also think because drabble is a funny name, it is.
0: It is. I love to say it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it's, it's great for people like myself with relatively short attention spans. Yes! <laughs> Love it! Well, Arlene, you're a delight. Can you hang on for a couple of minutes? We have to take a quick break, but I want to hear, you know, one or two more drabbles. Okay. All right, so hang in there. We'll be right back with Arlene Dwayne Hemingway. She is the author of A Twist of Lemon, 100 Curious Stories in Exactly... 100 words, and she means exactly 100 words. We'll take a break. Kale and Company will continue right here on WKXL, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Welcome back. It is Kale and Company live here on WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com, streaming around the world and around the clock. And with us today is Arlene Dwayne Hemingway, and she is the author of a book called A Twist of Lemon, 100 Curious Stories in Exactly 100 Words. And I I am rapidly becoming a big fan of The Drabble, which uh, in fact is that story of uh, 100 words. Now, are some of these uh, Drabbles uh, connected? I I mean, 100 words sometimes can't tell... Every story, are some uh, connected?
1: Yes, there are some that can be a part one, a part two, a part three, even more. But each one is basically something that can be read individually, and unless you know there's a part two, three, four, or whatever, it wouldn't matter. So, so the I, only— Yeah. Right, so you, you could actually do that, and then you could see the conclusion. But it doesn't matter. You could take the story up at any end if you read a part four— of a a drabble, you wouldn't necessarily know, again, because it's a complete story, and the repetition, remember, is something that's basically kept to a minimum or eliminated.
0: Now, do you look at uh, writing uh, your drabbles as kind of an artistic challenge?
1: Well, it is a challenge for me, and who knows why we're given (laughs) missions. I have no idea why this was something that just said, whoa, this is something then that you want to get to the world. No one wakes up in the morning and just says, I think I'm going to do that. It has to hit you with an enormous amount of weight for you to do anything. For example, running a marathon. I'm sure a lot of people don't just wake up, especially if they're lethargic, and say, I think I'm going to start training for a marathon. Something has to hit them. And this hit me in that particular way. It also is an extension of my creativity, because music is a creative art. Sure. So this is simply a different extension, and it has no music to it unless it's the music of understanding or comprehension or the aha that comes with uh. it. And Some people say, oh, and that, <laughs> oh, my goodness, this hit home. So if that's your musical cue, then a drabble could be for you. And I just want people to know that even though it's a word that you haven't heard, perhaps, it is on Amazon and in your favorite bookstore. So if you look me up, you could find the book with some pretty nice reviews in it, too.
0: That, yeah, uh, great reviews. And, and it all you mentioned before, it all started with Monty Python.
1: Yes, it'd be a because that was a grouping of comedians. There was something called the Big Red Book, and it was a game. A book of games, and I have a feeling that people then, maybe this is my estimation since I deal with fiction, that a gathering of people would, would get together and someone said, say, well, let's write a novel. Now, we wouldn't think of that in today's society, not here, but people would then write a novel. That was the challenge. And whoever finished it first was the winner. So it wasn't necessarily the content. It's whoever did and, There's no guarantee of how long it took. I don't see any record of that. But the uh, British Birmingham Conservatory then said, uh, science fiction uh, conservatory said, oh, this is a form that's worth looking into. And they honed it then into a 100-word form. And that means that you're limited in what you do. So it it makes sense because if you could just go on and on a novel, who knows? Some people write a novel takes their
0: whole lifetime to do that. Right. Yeah, well, I, I know one thing. I'll never write a novel, but my goal in life now is is to write at least one drabble. Maybe a dra- know, I, maybe a drabble a week. Maybe, maybe a I, drabble a day keeps the doctor away. I don't know.
1: I think that's a wonderful <laughs> idea. And if you do, I'd appreciate your sending them to me at my email address. I would love to see them and with your permission, I would even put them on my website.
0: Wow. Well, that's something. Well, that, is, so, that is terrific. And if we get any uh, from our listeners, I'll, I'll yes. send those as well.
1: Absolutely. The well, thing I... is, they need to check them. And they can check them because if you use a spell check or if you use something like word hippo, sometimes you'll find out that words are hyphenated. You didn't know these three belong together. That also then means you have the advantage of using a couple more words.
0: So, check your
1: spelling. okay. Very carefully. That's a little secret Ah,
0: in there. There's some tricks to the trade here.
1: Yeah, well, it's an open secret.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, the hyphenated words, hyphenated words count just one, right? One word.
1: Right. Okay. All right. So, if you, right, so that's great.
0: So, So, I understand, I have it on good authority that you do all your drabbles in pencil.
1: Yes. I start off in pencil because I believe that there's a head-heart connection. The idea comes in through the head. That's where your brain is. Your heart then has to decide, is this what it needs to be or is there a correction here? And the pencil has the graphite, which to me scratches it into existence. It's like the creative birth canal. When you write those words down, you can actually feel it coming alive. Then when it becomes something that you've sketched out, your outline or the basic form of the story, then you go to your computer and when you look, put it on the computer, then you can see a lot of the redundancies and the changes that need to be made. But I start every single story and my tools that I love are legal pads and number two pencils.
0: Legal pads and number two pencils. That's all it takes, folks. That's uh, very inexpensive equipment. Now, how often do you use that uh, eraser on the pencil?
1: Well, you use it sometimes, but if the, if the story is coming out very quickly, I know what it is. So you, with a legal pad, because there's a lot of space there, you can cross it out or erase it. But the, ch- the, the way to change your story is when you really see it in front of you on the computer. To me when I look at things head on, it's easy to see what mistakes need to be taken care of. You can say, Oh, I've said that three or four times, haven't I? I just process things a different way. And I think many people do as well that told me, yes, when I look down at a story, it's not the same as when I'm looking across from it. So when you're writing it, you write it down, you get all you you write everything you can. You don't worry about the mistakes if there's a redundancy because when you get it in front of you, sometimes those characters are going to change their names or they're going to change their position or their personalities. And that's where the fun and excitement comes in. Like, oh, this one decides, no, that's not me. This is I'm the one who does that. So that's even more exciting.
0: Yeah. And uh, I know you, your uh, website is arlenedwaynhemingway.com. arlenedwaynhemingway.com.
1: And, and it has in- info in front of it, I believe. Info at ArleneDwayneHemingway dot com. So either way, yep. info. Yeah, they'll find me with with that name. It's not a name you see too often.
0: <laughs> no, but uh, and uh, Arlene, you're, you're a delight. Can can you do read one more for us? One more drabble.
1: Yes, this is called the other woman, and I want people to know they're not all light-hearted or funny. <laughs> Some of them are deal with situations that you've seen in the news or that you've thought of. So don't get the idea this is a book of comedic things. I consider it a book for adults, not appropriate for children. Oh. But there is, that there makes, is no. That, yeah, makes, that, no that bad. makes
0: it even more interesting.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, there is no foul language in it, and I don't repeat a person's name any more than one. I don't repeat a name. If I've used the name of John, you will not find another John in any of my stories.
0: All right. In any of them? Okay. In any of no. them? No. Okay. No.
1: That's the only John that I've written about. So I think there are enough names in the world from different cultures that give things an excitement. So I don't have to repeat John and Mary and Betty once, once and done. And I keep a book of names. So if I use that name, I cross it off in my book.
0: All right. Well, let's hear your uh, adult-oriented drabble.
1: All right. This is called The Other Woman. Monday through Friday, passengers of the second car on the 6.37 a.m. computer train anticipated the entrance of a voluptuous redhead favoring tight turtlenecks and pencil skirts. With coat removed and hair fluffed, she looked for her regular seatmate, a clean-cut man in business attire wearing a Rolex. On this day, she sat next to him, promptly starting a lively conversation. Once outside the station, they flagged a cab, jumped in, and embraced. Two days later, Detective Bowen, hired by the man's suspicious wife, documented the affair. She filed for divorce. So did Detective Bowen. His wife was the redhead.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. That, that is terrific. I love that. I love that. Now, there's a whole novel right there in 100 words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a drabble. It's not a novel. It's 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 a drabble, and I it's love it. And and, and uh, Arlene, you are you are such a delight. I cannot wait to get my hands on your book, uh, "A Twist of Lemon: One Hundred Curious Stories in Exactly One Hundred Words." Not less, not more. One hundred words, but you can uh, and, ma- maybe slip in a hyphenated word here and there. And when
1: you do, I'd appreciate you giving me a. Five-star review, because they won't accept more than five stars.
0: Okay. (laughs) Well, you're a five-star lady, and uh, we we appreciate you being on with us today.
1: Thank you so much. I'm
0: so appreciative. All right. You're a great guest, and thanks so much. Hope to have you back again sometime.
1: Thank you. We love Uh, it.
0: Take care. Have a great day.
1: Have a day. Happy New Year. Yes, happy New Year to see you, too.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much. Have a great day. Bye-bye. to all of your
1: listeners.
0: Bye. And all of our listeners, write a drabble. It'll make you feel good, give you a sense of accomplishment. Uh, The website, again, is arlenedwaynhemingway, like Ernest, dot com. But no relation to uh, Ernest Hemingway. And that'll do it for this edition of Kale & Company. We're so glad that you could join us here on WKXL and NHtalkradio.com. We will be back tomorrow for the final Kale & Company show of 2022. We'll be back in 2023. That's a warning. Tomorrow will be a Friday Fun Bunch with uh, Kitty Ray and Tom Raffio. Thanks for joining us. Kale & Company presented by Northeast Delta Dental.